Hello, hello. Welcome back. It's time for Leading Women in Tech. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Tony Collis, your career bestie, your lit up leadership bestie, and here for all things leadership and being a woman in tech. Let's talk about cooperation. Yes, cooperation as a leadership trait. One great indicator of your effectiveness as a leader is looking at your team and their willingness to cooperate. Cooperate with each other, cooperate with people inside the business, outside the team, people outside the business. Whether you are new to the role of leadership or you've been in that position for years, having the buy-in of your team to follow your leadership is key and having their buy-in to be cooperative with each other is also key. Cooperative leadership isn't just about teamwork, it's about fostering an environment where team members actively collaborate, share knowledge, and work together to achieve those common goals that you set for them. Your team members are complex people, right? And if you've got a diverse team, which I hope you do, a diverse culture, the skill of cooperation becomes even more vital. And it's actually why early studies on Team IQ with diverse teams showed that having a woman in a room full of men actually decreased productivity where later studies actually showed an increase in productivity. The difference is the amount of inclusion and cooperation within the team. When we were putting one woman in a room full of men, and I suspect the same applies, I haven't found studies on this, but I suspect the same applies if you put one black person in a room full of white people. That person, to get the benefit of that diversity and the benefit of the new and unique perspectives and thought leadership, all that kind of stuff, cooperation has to be part of that equation. There's so much that comes when you have that cooperation within your team. Cooperation acts as a bridge. It unites individuals with different backgrounds, nurturing team dynamics, fostering that innovation. It's the key that unlocks effective communication, creating that sense of unity among team members, no matter their differences. And it empowers teams to exchange ideas, paves the way for building trust and strengthening relationships. In today's episode, I want to go deep into the core principles of cooperative leadership. We're gonna discuss cooperative leadership, what it is, how to develop these skills and you, your team, and broader than just that, and how to actually develop the positive outcomes that you are after as a result of developing these skills. By developing your cooperative leadership skills, you're not only enhancing your personal effectiveness, but also the overall success of your team. So let's get started. Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. In the ideal workplace, you don't just have a team working, that harmonious synchronicity of cooperation, but you're gonna work cooperatively with every peer and every other team in your organization without the more common, unhelpful tension between teams. Side note, there's such a thing as healthy tension, by the way, where teams are working together, but push and pull based on their strengths. That's healthy tension. But all too often we're dealing with unhealthy tension, which results in friction and goes as far as animosity. We're after getting rid of that unhelpful tension. Having your team aligned to prioritize the greater good over their own personal interests takes work. It is possible, as well as alignment across your organization. But it is not going to happen overnight. But when you do get your team to that level, you will have a team that is collaborative, cooperative, and 
your output productivity and delivery will go sky high. If you've been told you need to uplevel your team or you're just feeling that way, cooperation is a great thing to be looking at. However, often in our industry, cooperation is not standard. <laughs> For example, engineering product and tech companies need to work side by side. But whether you're in one of these teams yourself or in an organization that has engineering product, you've probably come to realize that there are common moments of conflict between the two departments. Disagreements, lack of communication. I talk about butting heads with my clients a lot. <laughs> the difference of opinion because they come from deeply different perspectives. I often see this tension happen where product or engineering has more of a say than it should do. Engineering does work that product doesn't understand and needs to do work that product understands. And actually product does a lot of things that engineers don't get, don't understand the driver for. And this creates this tension where people feel that they just can't get along. It's not unique to these two departments. It's just one that I see very commonly in the work that I do. But similarly, I work with many executive leaders who've told me that sales and marketing operate that way. There's a healthy tension and then often an unhealthy tension between sales and marketing and who's to blame for things going wrong, not going to plan. Similarly, finance and legal are often in conflict with just about everybody else in the organization. Now, not only are these moments of conflict detrimental to the overall goals of your project, your work and your organization, but they bring down team morale and motivation. We tend to end up in conversations where it's all about how the other team isn't supporting our work. The reality is we all have a job to do. Every person in that organization should be there for a reason. They should be fulfilling some part of a strategic vision. They were hired because there was a gap in knowledge, skills, experience, or just the capability to do a role. All too often, as the manager in the room, it can be very easy to go along with your team and join in the complaining. But actually, your goal is to figure out how to work together cooperatively as a whole. Figure out why that team exists. Why is it that they're saying what they're saying? And help your team see that too. So while it's important for you as a leader to help foster collaboration within your own team, you also need to be working on this multi-departmental collaboration if you want to be truly successful. It's imperative you encourage your team to work well and cooperatively alongside every other team in the organization. Now, there's a difference between cooperation and compliance. Your goal is cooperation. Cooperation comes from shared understanding of the team's goals and values. Cooperative leaders can nurture the shared understanding, inspiring active involvement from each member of the team. But compliance is just what it says, compliance without the depth of belief in the greater good or an acknowledgement that this can be better. The collaborative approach is much more genuine than compliance, which often involves following orders without contributing to solutions. Trust is the cornerstone of effective teamwork and comes out as part of cooperative leadership, but it needs to be nurtured within your team, leading to open communication and productive collaboration. When you as a leader embrace trust, embrace your team's input, involve them in decision-making, you're going to show trust in them. You're going to be seeing the trust grow between them towards you. You're going to be strengthening the cooperation of your team. But I'm getting ahead of myself. That's one of the ways, one of the many ways that we are going to build cooperation. But first of all, let's talk about what cooperation does. It's about embracing this journey towards excellence. It's about allowing your team members to feel encouraged, to be in a safe space to express their thoughts, to get more done because they own more, but to also lean on each other when they don't know what they're doing. Let's talk a little bit more about those benefits. It allows you to create this place of belonging and safety. Your team is going to feel they can contribute their ideas and their ideas are valued. We've all had an experience where our ideas are valued and we've all had an experience where they're not. Cooperative leadership is one of the ways that we actually build that space of 
being heard, being appreciated, but also being okay with our ideas being shut down because it's not the right thing at this point in time. When you've got true cooperation, there's a give and the take rather than it's all or nothing. One person gets all their ideas taken up, even the bad ones, and somebody else doesn't at all. <laughs> Cooperative leaders elevate problem solving to new heights because you're able to have this constant backwards and forwards dialogue with your team. You get team morale going up, therefore you get higher productivity, higher retention rates, all the good things that come out from being a great leader. Even better, cooperative leaders allow you to delegate outcomes more, not just tasks. I've talked about this before on the show. If you want to be an effective delegator, you need to delegate outcomes, not tasks. Because there is a cooperation between team members and between teams. When you delegate outcomes, you stop being the bottleneck. If you delegate a task or an outcome and your team doesn't cooperate well, you'll often find that it comes back to you, but you become the bottleneck again because there's a problem that somebody hits. You have to go to another team, to another team member in your team and unblock things. You are the roadblock. But when you have effective cooperation within your team and across teams, you delegate an outcome. Your team knows how to deal with that. They know how to unlock things themselves without the power of you having to be reinserted. It's a great way for you to really, truly step back and allow your team to own things more fully. Now that you understand how great cooperative leadership is, how it fulfills all the things we talk about all the time on the show, how can you build these cooperative leadership skills? Well, there are three attributes in my mind. One is trust. Everyone must truly trust everyone else in order to believe that there is a sense of cooperation. The second is that there needs to be immense psychological safety and an environment inclusivity. And then the third, is a shared sense of purpose and clarity towards goals and outcomes. They need clarity and they need to be fully sharing in the purposes behind those outcomes you're delivering. Everyone needs to be headed in the same direction. <laughs> I talk about our personal North Star, well, your organization needs a North Star as well. Everybody needs to know where they're headed, how they're contributing to that North Star of your organization. Even if they have different motivations for taking that course, and we're all motivated by different things, and that is a beautiful thing, it doesn't mean there isn't a shared sense of direction. There has to be that for there to be a cooperation. So how do you get that? Why is it you're not there already? How do you get that trust, that psychological safety and clarity of direction? Well, to start off, you need to practice active listening. <laughs> I've talked about the art of active listening previously in the show. Go and listen to episode 158, link in the show notes, by the way, if you want to take a listen and miss that episode. But active listening is composed of open-ended questions. It is the art of seeking clarifications to create genuine interest, trust, ensuring team members feel genuinely heard and understood. Without this, you'll miss when the team don't feel that they can trust others, when they are not working well with each other or cross-functionally, or when they are confused or not fully aligned with the strategy you set them. More than anything, active listening is going to allow you to understand if trust, psychological safety, and clarity of direction are in place. Next, you need to make sure there is empathy. Active listening allows you to then practice empathy. Active listening without empathy, kind of tricky. <laughs> a great leader is able to step into the perspectives of others with grace, fostering connections, resolving conflicts by addressing underlying concerns. This is actually where the art of coaching as a leader comes in, what we've been talking about for most of this last summer on the show. But leading with empathy role models this as well for your team. Sure, they won't all recognize what you're doing, but enough of them will see empathy. They'll notice it in action and they'll be able to recognize what you're doing with the outcomes that you're achieving. For your team to be truly cooperative, they also need empathy. So role model this, practice active listening, throw in your empathy, listen, 
acknowledge how people are feeling, dig them out of where they're at. And you might be quite surprised how your team then picks that up as well. I'm sure that in your own professional and personal relationships, you've seen how empathetic responses can diffuse tense situations and therefore develop stronger team relationships. Part of your role with empathy is challenging the automatic assumptions of your team. They might be complaining about you to somebody. They might be complaining to you in a one-on-one with you about another team member or about another team. Use your empathy to both understand this individual's complaints, but also to highlight alternative explanations for the behavior that this is causing and the issues that they are complaining about. Again, this is a coaching moment. You may need to do this at a team level as well. Part of the problem in my mind with conflicting teams is that there's an attitude from managers of agreement and allowing another team to be the cause of problems. What if instead you had an honest conversation with your peer in the conflicting team to get their side of the story? And then next time this comes up with your team, use empathy to build bridges by showing the issues from the other side. Do not be the leader who allows your team to complain about another team week after week without addressing it. You can also build a cooperative environment by fostering inclusivity, where brainstorming sessions and open feedback contribute to an inclusive environment. Leaders play a role as facilitators of an inclusive environment, allowing diverse voices to come together and to be heard. Brainstorming sessions encourage a flow of ideas, free from constraints because everybody's included. While methods like suggestion boxes and one-on-one check-ins allow a commitment to ensuring that every voice finds its place, even from the shy people or the people that are shouted out by everyone else. This is all building trust and psychological safety, as well as explicit cooperation by working closely together. Like I said, creating an environment of cooperation doesn't happen overnight. It takes time and effort, and you may have to overcome challenges from lack of buy-in to conflicting personalities to differing opinions. As a leader who is trying to foster cooperation, You'll have to hone in on your skills for navigating personal conflicts, differing opinions, and facilitating resolutions. Be the person who calls out when your team is just complaining or when a one-on-one conversation is going down a rabbit hole, you're like, this is not helpful. Call it out. Those one-on-one conversations are such a powerful tool for addressing conflicts and finding common ground. So make sure you use them well. Guide your team to start thinking past their individual viewpoints. This is why doing it as a team is really powerful because you can get those synergistic beliefs coming together and at the same time they can see how their viewpoint was maybe not as valid because they're practicing active listening because you've been role modeling it when you do this you have a shared goals a shared sense of community the broader perspective comes together as we learn how as a team to overcome resistance to each other's ideas you overcome that hesitancy of cooperation because you're highlighting common goals and benefits You're making sure workload is addressed as well, because this can often trip us up as leaders. And as you evolve, you will find your team becomes less resistant. They're making more decisions by themselves and you're trusting them more to do that in the first place. You ignite a sense of ownership that further fuels this spirit of collaboration. So we're really looking forward to an upwards spiraling trajectory here where we start building this trust, the psychological safety, this inclusion, Uh, they start having better conversations and they get a benefit and they have more trust, more inclusion, more psychological safety, more empathy, and it just spirals upwards. This is what you're really looking for. And you're looking to just navigate and direct that gentle spiral upwards. Open honest communication is key. It eases concerns. It allows your individuals to cooperate. It challenges them to grow. It promotes more cooperation and we enter that upward spiral. When you have disagreements, if you have collaborative problem solving, there's an opportunity for the team to grow, not just individuals. You shift from tense 
too thoughtful. From negative feedback to useful feedback to building bridges and strengthening relationships and improving team dynamics. It is a much more powerful team that is productive about its thoughts about other teams than negative about itself and other teams as well. You want your team to say, hey, how can we fix this? Rather than just saying that team over there not being helpful for us. So there you have it. Those are the expectations I think we all need to create that cooperative behavior, have that collective success, produce the opportunity for major growth opportunities and be that leader who values every voice in the organization and everybody as a result works together really, really well. But let's, as always, finish with the mindset moment. I want you to realize that cooperation starts with you. I've hinted at this throughout today's episode, but I want you to start modeling this right here today. I want you to be talking about how you're being collaborative with peers rather than complaining about another team to your team, which we should never do. I want you to talk about how you're working with another organization, with another team, with a peer. Share with your team how you're resolving areas of disagreement, how workload is distributed fairly, how you've worked with people who perhaps aren't on your wavelength. If you aren't demonstrating cooperative behavior, why would your team know how to do it or want to do it themselves? That is your number one takeaway and your first mindset tip. Work on this inside you first before you can expect your team to do it. Remember, fostering cooperation isn't an overnight task. It requires consistent effort, a willingness to overcome challenges, dealing with personality clashes to different viewpoints. But the benefits are worth the investment. It leads to high morale, improved retention rates, improved productivity, and ultimately the shared success of everyone in the organization. So whether you're new to leadership or a seasoned leader, incorporate cooperative leadership from the get-go. Let's start doing this today and see your team and their work elevate. Remember, until next time, stay on your tech leadership game, follow dreams, because the world really does need your uniqueness as a leading woman in tech.